Crapex. We're back again, still uh, at the crib, quarantine edition. Crapex here with me and the boys. Got BG in the house and Ricky Leaky down below there. Uh, special shout out to Mike Flug for the new uh, the, the intro music there. We got a nice soundcast going there. Yes, we really appreciate that. You know, friend of the program, Mike Flug. We, we should bring him on here at one point. Uh, yeah, he, he was a pitcher back in the day. He was a high school pitcher and a wrestler. Uh, more importantly, he's a musical genius. He's doing movies and uh, music videos and video games right now. And crackback intro music. That's right. Yeah, That's right. so what happened? We had... Say it again, man. Say it again. Official original music for crackback. 100%. 100%. maybe. You heard it here first. We had no sports last week. Uh, so it's nice to have a little bit coming up. Draft is seven days out. Uh, it's going to be a little different this year. They're pretty much doing Madden. It's going to be the uh, virtual draft. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to have the graphics of the players actually walking up and hugging Goodell, but it's going to be straight on the computer. What? Is it still going to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Yeah, it's the same schedule the whole nine. They said they didn't want to switch that up because that would throw off the cadence of the teams, and it's already a different situation. It's old men trying to figure out technology. Right. They're, uh, yeah, it's the same thing. It's going to be the first round was Thursday, Friday, 2-3, and then the rest on Saturday. The only thing I want to figure out is what gas station you got that from. Nah, so this is a Mitchell and Ness hat, actually. This actually came directly from Atlanta. It's a, it's, where's, Atlanta. where's the Mitchell and Ness? Huh? This came directly from Atlanta, so this 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 uh this is authentic Michelin Ness. I have no, I have absolutely no qualms about telling you if I have a gas station hat. Some gas station hats are dope. This one though is an actual Michelin Ness. I have a Chinese knockoff hat that's dope as hell. I just can't find it right now. You have better Falcons hats than that. This one I wanted to go because of the old logo. Okay. Is that a Matty Ice jersey then? This is the ice, yes. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, we're getting close to the end of the ice. We probably got four more years of uh, of top level ice. We hopefully don't waste. Windows it. closing. Windows definitely closing. Man. Julio's thirty. How Matt's is he? 30, How? Matt's thirty five. Julio's thirty. Thirty five. Yo, Matt's Julio's. Looking- well, you know, thirty eight is now. Thirty eight is the magic age for quarterback. You listen to my podcast later, you'll see why thirty eight is the magic age for quarterback. Teasing, look at that. Teasing. The man is a seasoned professional rolling out teases there. Yeah, well, Enrique's got some uh, some crackback minis going on there. He's got a, a, a Jets preview for all you Jet fans out there. He did an NFC North preview today. Uh, we're going to be doing some other little side notes as well. Guests has some New Jersey stories coming. I'm going to be doing some movie uh, reviews here since I'm stuck in the house watching a lot of crappy movies. But uh, first and foremost, this is, a, this is a sports podcast here, so we'll roll into the draft. Pick some really bad movies. Yo, man, it's not me, man. You know, you know the thing is, I don't watch a lot of movies to begin with by myself because it's a long time commitment. I, I think I'd rather play 2K or whatever than, than sit down with three hours and watch a movie. I did watch 1917 the other day. Excellent movie. Got robbed. Uh, that was better than Parasite without question. Great, great movie. Without question, it was better than Parasite. But, um, yeah, there, there's some other bad ones there. Uh, I've... I'm almost ashamed. Uh, Netflix has a movie, and I watched it only because of the dude, was it Ed Helms? Cat from um, 
I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, from the hangover. From the hangover, right? The kid got annoying, yo. The movie itself wasn't that bad. The kid got annoying. The kid wouldn't stop, like, the the, the cursing. A kid cursing a little bit is funny. When it gets to, it gets to a certain point, it's not. It gets annoying. And the other thing is, the kid was. It looked like a short, fat version of Shaquem Griffin. Uh, I couldn't. It actually. Yo, just double-handed Shaquem Griffin. You know, that's what he looked like. So the. <laughs> but coffee and Kareem, only if you are extremely bored, do you put on coffee and Kareem on Netflix. Ed Helms was funny. That doesn't sound like I even want to watch, even when I'm. Bored. Ed Helms is funny, and I to play video games. The dude from, um, I think his name's King Batch. Or whatever he was, one of the gangsters. He was funny as well. He's a YouTube guy, uh, so shouts to King Batch, friend of the program. So, uh, <laughs> so NFL draft, right? So we have a couple of things coming up here. They like said seven days out. It's going to be a little weird. It's going to be um, uh, you know virtual the whole nine. Teams are trying to improve themselves drastically here. We got a few teams that are close. Who's going to be the most impactful pick in the first round? Like who's going to make the biggest change on their squad in the first round? Mm. So, feel free pick, to jump in. So my pick, and it's because I think this guy is going to be the first of his generation of what NFL defenses need, is the kid Simmons out of Clemson. Because I mean, he's really the first. You know, obviously, you can't compare the games, but you know how everybody says the NBA is positionless. The NFL is kind of, kind of becoming a little positionless too. You need guys that can do a little of everything, and that's the first guy that does a lot of things really great, not just really good. So my pick is is Simmons. I mean, wherever he goes, he's gonna make an impact. A bit of a tweener too, right? Like he can play a few different positions. He's definitely outside linebacker, free safety. Could play either. Could be a fucking all pro at either. Had that kid that came out of Alabama uh, a couple years ago. Well, more than a couple now. He was a, he was a safety, and then the Rams made him like a like a weak side linebacker. Uh, Mark Barron. 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 So this is an enhanced version of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Better. Way better. Better. better hitter than Barron. Faster. Um, there's been a couple lately. Uh, ha Ha Clinton Dix was close to that. Um, a little smaller, though, right? Simmons is bigger than yeah. Dix. Yeah, yeah, Simmons is bigger. Simmons is every bit of, like, 6'4", 220, but he's fun. Mm-hmm. He can burn. So where do you think he's going? That's the second, the backup question on that. I mean, I got to believe he's a top five pick, no matter who picks him. You know, maybe – you know, people always talk about trading up for quarterbacks. I, I would see somebody trading up for him, man. That guy's going to be a monster. Well, you have a couple teams up high in the draft that don't need a quarterback uh, or at least don't think that they need a quarterback yet because you, you, you've got the right there at number two. They think they, have, you know, they may have, they may not. You know, Dwayne Haskins, again, friend of the program, dumbest man on earth. Uh, the third pick is Detroit. I personally hate Matt Stafford, but they think they have a quarterback. So if I'm – who's – first off, Young's off the board first. So he's going at two. Because as good as Simmons is, he's not as good as Young. So Simmons goes at three, or does he go at five to the Giants? I think four is the Giants, by the way. But, yeah, I think – so from what I've read, they really – the Giants are really uh, interested in that kid worse. And Gettleman hinted that they're going to take an offensive lineman, but I don't know if Gettleman's throwing smoke screens or not. Who knows? Uh, but that was the worst. That was If they weren't the worst, they were definitely the 30th worst defense in the NFL last year. 
And you're talking about a guy that could literally fix two or three holes of yours in one player that's going to be on a rookie contract, and you're not going to take him when, as, as I mean, everybody likes to malign that offensive line, but they picked up Zeichler from Cleveland, who's a really good guard, and PFF still had them as a top 20 squad. So there's worse offensive lines, and their defense was almost dead last. Well, I don't think that they value safeties very much because they got rid of Landon Collins real quick. And he was yeah, nasty. Is, is, is he more safety or is he more linebacker? Either one, but I'm just saying, like, they, whether it's Gettleman's philosophy or the whole, like, team, I think they value that position. Uh, Eli was getting killed. They drafted the quarterback high. They put him in there at the end of the year. Everybody was going nuts over the kid. The fan base loves him. So I could definitely see them take an O-line. I don't know if they stay there or they move back a little bit. Again, I think – there will be teams that'll trade up for Simmons. If you're the Giants, you got to look for a partner to trade down and get some more picks. I'm on the phone with Miami already. If I'm if I'm the Giants, I right, listen. People are even if no one's calling me. People on the other line here trying to get in, you know, telling me, ah, hey, you know, we got this, we got that. What's going on with this? Uh, that you got to be on the phone. The Giants have too many holes to just stay there for it. Now, with that being said, if Simmons is this transcendent star that we kind of all agree that he is. Maybe you stay at four and you figure out it'll hold somewhere else. If he's going to change the defense that much, you have Saquon, you got a superstar there. You, you pick Danny Dimes like he's supposed to be a superstar as high as he was. So yeah, what's your, Giants will figure out. what's your plan? Do you, uh, is it just, are you going to be a full offensive team where you going to try to outscore people or are you going to be trying to be a more balanced football team? Well, exactly like you just said, like their two best players are Saquon and the, and the quarterback. So you got to protect them. You got to move the ball. Tight end's supposed to be decent too, the Ingram kid. Having one of the worst defenses in the league, one player ain't going to fix that. Exactly. This is true. But I believe now you're picking one guy that can do multiple things as a start. Well, he, covers up, he covers up a few holes, but if they have no pass rush, and I mean, it, the other thing is there, if they have nothing, you have to start somewhere, and you might as well start with the best, second best defensive player in the draft. There's, there's two ways to think about it there. All right. Gets, who's your most impactful first rounder? Whatever wide receiver the Eagles get. <laughs> everything everything always goes back to the Eagles. The Eagles are, are a team that's actually looking, has been rumored to be trading up. Yes. Might move with the Jets, actually. That's a I'll long way that. up. Yeah. Um, but that, that, pick, that pick, you get the best wide receiver available. That's why. Any team with a wide receiver wants that pick because that's the wide receiver pick. Yeah. If, we can, if we can get to 11, get rugs. If we have rugs on that team, I'm telling you, the kids, offensive rookie of the year, going nuts. Carson Wentz is bombing all day. If you move all the way up to, was it, 11? Is that where the Jets are? Where are the Jets? 11, yeah. Yeah, you move all the way up to 11, you're not taking rugs. You move it up to 11 for uh, C.D. Lamb. Yeah, supposedly there's rumors that they like C.D. Lamb. Um, Eagles are trying to move up all over the place. They're trying to package Alshon Jeffrey in the trade because his salary cap number is ridiculous for what he does, which is nothing but drop balls. Uh, yeah. Um, Eagles supposedly like C.D. Lamb. I'll take C.D. Lamb. I like Ruggs. I think he's nice. I think he's nice. I, I know you love Ruggs, but the, the first the first two receivers off the board are, are Lamb and Judy. 
yeah, Judy's going first. He'll be like, you know, five, six, seven, somewhere in that range. Your boy Kuiper loves your boy Kuiper loves Lamb more than Judy. He's got Judy as the second guy. I don't like Kuiper. I always liked uh, Mayock better. Yeah, Mayock can't give away his secrets anymore. Mayock's, Mayock's in the war room himself. Yo, Mayock had a good draft last year, man. He drafted like four or five starters. He was getting dudes in the fourth and fifth round that started. Yeah, but the, er- yeah, but the early round, man, that Clinton Farrell pick, that, that was not a very good pick, especially when yeah, they put it on Josh Allen. Started, that guy started too. And uh, what's the, yeah, the running back? Yeah, but there's, there was, there's two or three better defensive ends as rookies this year. Oh, they, Max no, Crosby, six-round pick was better than him. Max Crosby. Cosby. No, but Farrell, Farrell can play. He just got hurt. Uh, he actually, Mayock did have a good draft last year, and he got rid of, of Derek Carr. Uh, the, that should be an upgrade so if they can fix Mariota. So here's a hot take. The, the Raiders are going to be coming up quick. <clears throat> Not only can Mayock draft and make picks, but Mayock has been digging into these players for the last seven, eight years. He knew guys in the sixth, seventh, eighth round that were impact dudes. So he's going to be, you know, picking guys up off the waiver wire, inviting people to camp that we've never heard of, that we haven't talked about for years. And then Gruden will break them. Yeah. No, I, I respect – I agree with you. I respect Mayock. I, the only thing I never respected him was evaluating quarterbacks. But every other position, he's been near on perfect. And I do think the Raiders are on the way up because of that. But I, I like Gruden Carr. also can ruin it. I like Carr a lot more than most people. I don't think there's any way that Mariota takes his job. No. Uh, no, he's he's they're they're still looking to move him, and they said that the, he might be a a cap casualty pretty soon because he's in the last year of his contract. It's not a big cap hit if they just drop him. Yeah, but they're trying to get rid of him. I honestly think that's one of the reasons. Right to New England. That's what I was just about to say. That that's what I said. He's uh one of the reasons that New England I think hasn't moved on a quarterback yet is they they have him kind of in the hip pocket. That if they haven't been, they haven't moved him yet. Draft day, Belichick calls and is like, "Hey, you know, take this fifth rounder and send me Derek Carr. Get off your hands." That might happen. I think that they need to draft somebody. This is my hot take or whichever that the the Patriots will draft and possibly move up in the first round to get the successor of Brady. They're gonna yeah, try to they're gonna try to move up for whoever slips. So. Because Belichick's supremely confident, he thinks he can have he can win with any of them. He just needs somebody that's going to stay healthy. But when, so, when have we ever seen Belichick move up in the draft? But but life's different now. He, I Belichick's, Belichick's always had Brady. It, life's completely different when you got Brady behind uh, behind center. So whoever slips. So if Jordan Love slips, if Herbert slips, uh, Jacob Eason. If they take that guy. Watch or out. Or if they don't move, that's the guy they're looking at. He's, I don't think that Fromm has enough arm to play in the NFL. So the Patriots draft their guy and they sign Jameis Winston to a two-year contract Ooh, at, a, at a bargain price. Jameis, Winston's, Jameis. Jameis Winston's <laughs> issue has always been discipline, the most disciplined coach in the entire league, at least we think so. We don't see it without Brady. is Belichick. So if you can harness – Jameis, you got something, and you're going to get him at pennies on the dollar because he's not getting anywhere close to the the actual uh, contract that he was expecting to get. So they're going to draft somebody. I wouldn't be shocked if they moved up to get make sure they get a first-round guy, and then they should sign Jameis Winston. You know, actually, it's funny they mentioned that. For the exact same reasons you said, 
I think he's going to go to Pittsburgh because I think Pittsburgh's going to do the exact same thing. Tomlin's going to be hard on him and give him that discipline, and he only sits behind Ben for maybe another two years. That's really what he needs to get his head out straight. He's not going to be a one-year fix. Jameis yeah. got to sit. No, for, no, no. Jameis is not. Jameis is not ready to win right now, but he needs to go to another program. But I will take Jameis over Dalton. I take James. Yeah. I don't think Cam Newton's healthy, so I wouldn't take him. I would take him over Cam. Uh, I would also take him over uh, even Derek Carr if Derek Carr was available. So Jameis to be the, the of what's left, he's the best one. I don't see Jameis in New England. I don't see Belichick playing somebody that turns the ball over that much. But here's the thing, right? Belichick, the, the discipline Belichick instills that knocks a third of the of the interceptions off right there. And Belichick's telling the other coach better play calling, or McDaniel's is telling him better play calling. And those interceptions don't happen. Dude also got LASIK like three months ago. I don't know why he didn't get that when he was still at Florida State. But uh, the there's you can convince yourself that he can you can win with him. The kid's got a pedigree. I mean, he's a, he was a redshirt freshman, won a national title. Uh, you know, he, the kid's a winner. He just needs somebody to be you know digging his ass and actually tell him, you know, listen, you, you made a stupid read there. You know, tell me where the ball was supposed to go. Or should have went to here. Then do it the next time. That sort of thing. He needs somebody that's going to be actually grab his face mask and let him know. He's he's not the brightest kid in the box, you know, the brightest bulb in the box, but he's smart enough on a football field to win games for you. You don't win at a major program and go through the teams that they went through uh, to to win a national title and not have some aptitude. And he was, the, you know, he's thrown. He threw 30 touchdowns last year. He threw 30 interceptions as well. But if he's 30-21, no one's complaining about it. But it's 30-30, so it looks bad. Yeah, I mean, really, 30-15, he's easily a Pro Bowl quarterback. Oh, 30-15, he's getting the money that he was looking to get this year. He, yeah. was trying, he would get oh, that $30 yeah. million dollar contract. In interceptions is a lot different than 30 interceptions. That's what I'm saying. But, uh, but and, and the first thing that Belichick is going to say is, with disciplined play calling, we'll knock a third of those off. So we're down to 20 right there. You know, a, a tip ball here or there doesn't happen. You're down to 18. You can convince yourself that you can bring that interception total out. And he'd never thrown that many before, and he's played a lot of games. Uh, the I'm just saying, he lost his job. He had no chance of keeping that job in Tampa, especially when Brady said that he was going to be going down there. But if I'm looking to replace somebody, Pittsburgh. Huh? You don't think he's going to beat out Brady? Oh, uh, that's a whole nother topic. In fact, we, we're going to have to stop for a second and pay some bills. We're going to come back with that question exactly right there. So if, 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 could he have beaten out Brady? We'll be back in just a second. Crack back. Finding it made is difficult. Now, I imagine how hard it would be if you were crazy busy, a superhero, and from a tiny secret nation in Africa. Exactly. Damn near impossible. But not anymore. Now you have Wakandate.com, Wakanda's first and only dating site. Filtered by tribe, superpower, or how friendly they are with the colonizers. Wakandate.com, tell them for us, it is where the Penta hunts for a mate. Wakandate.com. Crack Max, and we're back here. We, we ended on a uh, on an interesting question there. Guest was asking if Jameis had stayed in Tampa, would he have had any shot at beating out Brady for the the starting job, fellas? I'm gonna go ahead and say since they didn't pay Jameis a dime and gave Tom Brady 25 million a year, 
that there's no chance in hell he was beating out Tom Brady. Ditto. That's I got nothing else to say. No chance in hell. All right, so Sage is in here, so I'm gonna have to play the role of Sage here. The two of you are sheep. All right, you just you're 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 just taking in all the information that ESPN spews at you. Tells you you like Brady. You take all this information from Cowherd. I like Cowherd. There, he's gonna take over uh, the the NFC South. Let me just tell you something right now. Tom Brady's done, yo, done. There was a great running back out of Florida State that played for the Bucks and played for Atlanta. His name was Warwick. His last name was Dunn, and that's what yes. Tom Brady is. Tom Brady is finished. Tom Brady is finished. His arm is done. He's on a new arm right now. His arm is wet spetzel. He can't get the ball 25 yards down the field without a full windup anymore. The guy's done. So Jameis would have beaten him out. High price backup. Have you seen Tom Brady's appearances in these um, alone together coronavirus commercials? Well, with this, the his son used to have to leave the, the house in order to regain energy for Tom to steal from him through, you know, French kissing. That's how they used to do that. But now that they're stuck in the house quarantine, the son can't leave to replenish other life forces. So Brady is not only was his arm done already, he's getting weaker because he can't get young life force. James would have beaten him out hands down. No chance. Uh, so for, coming from someone, you know, I've, I've seen Tom Brady beat my team twice a year for the last 20 years. And I'll be honest, I didn't see a drop off in his arm last year. The arm wasn't the problem last year. He wasn't under throwing guys in deep routes. They were running the, the wrong route. Noodle arm. Drew Brees got the ball. He, he can't get the ball all the way down the field to where Godwin and Evans are. They're, that team's that team's a 500 team, uh, uh, nine and seven at best. I he's hope had, you're right. He's had massive plastic surgery on his face, and it looks awful. It looks terrible. Nine and seven at best. He looks like his face is getting sucked into an asshole. Well, it actually is. He's returning back to his true form, so he is actually turning back into an asshole. Tommy 12, or the Tampa Bay, or, or Tampa Brady. Those are the two, Tampa those are Brady. two that he just, uh, he, he just uh, what, what do you call it, trademarked. Tampa Brady. Huh? TB12 is, the, is his, like, uh, No, that's his line. TB12 is his line. But if you go on his website right now, you can buy Tampa Bay T-shirts. T-O-M-B-A. Tampa. Tom slash Pa Bay Buccaneer t-shirts. I wonder That's if those are selling. I wonder if they're selling. And they the probably other are. one he has, he has uh, Tampa Brady Buccaneers. He trademarked that, that not bad. That one's a little bit better than Tampa. No, they both yeah. suck. That other one only sounded better because I said it second. Whichever one, whichever one was said second would have sounded better. They're both stupid. Nothing compared to Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> Funny that you bring up Wentz, right? Uh, we, we actually have a – we had a call here. I've got a message for you guys here. Someone who's been critical of Wentz in the past here. we got, we got a, a friend of the program, local fan by the name of, of Corey. Uh, he's got a message. It's really directed at Enrique, but I guess all of us will be able to chime in on that. So let's, uh, let's see what, what, what young Mr. Mr. Le, Mr. Corey had to say here. Hey, Crackbacks. Uh, thanks for having me on tonight. This is Corey calling in. Uh, I was curious to get your guys' opinion on a topic in the NFL. 
um, regarding the Jets QB situation. I personally don't think uh, Sam Darnold is uh, a quality professional quarterback. I do, I do agree that he had one hell of a, a college career. However, I don't think it's translated very well into the pros. Um, the guy finished as a number 26 quarterback last year. And uh, he threw a pretty good amount of interceptions, uh, especially against the Patriots. Everybody knows about the seeing ghosts game. However, um, I was curious to get you guys feedback, what your thoughts are on him moving forward. I think he had like three good games last year. One of those was against Dallas, you know, um, credit worthy team. I think he threw for 320 plus yards, two, t- uh, two TDs and uh, interception. And the other two games came against Washington and Oakland, which were both subpar teams. So, he also had a total of 20 turnovers last year, and that's a combination of 15 uh, interceptions and I believe it was five fumbles. So I was just curious to get your feedback and see what you guys' opinions were. Have a great night. Friend of the get program, it. Corey, first off, uh, uh, Harsh just kind of coming out hard at Darnold uh, and very, very critical, came with some stats to back up himself there. Uh, Flores, for you? Yeah, I, I got a question, though. He said he's the number 26 quarterback. In terms of what? Like, what stat was that? But see, but, like, what, what I always try to explain to Corey, and what I think it's important when evaluating quarterbacks, you can't evaluate quarterbacks in a vacuum because the situation matters. So just comparing the stats of of, of any quarterback in, like, in any situation, is like, for example, obviously he won the Super Bowl, but let's look at Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is also in the best quarterback situation in the NFL. Is there a better quarterback situation in the NFL? For, other than Patrick Mahomes right now. Uh, it, nope. it would be the Rams, but Goff sucks. Yeah, but Goff sucks, exactly. Um, the Jets, they're not – that's not the best quarterback situation. They, they had a bot, the 30th offensive line, according to PFF, last year. I mean, I, I, I don't think Le'Veon took a step back. I think the offensive line was that bad, but they, we didn't get – at the end of the day, we didn't get Pittsburgh Le'Veon. The best receiver is Robbie Anderson. Like, you, you can't evaluate him properly compared to some of those other guys when he's not given the tools to succeed. So what I think is that I'm surprised, even against a Washington, he's ever able to actually be successful when everything around him is actually for him not to be successful. Also needs to be noted that Corey is a Dolphins fan. Uh, that yes. Comes, that, that, does that comes come with territory. Play. Uh, I just wanted to be noted. A Dolphins fan was calling in with quarterback critiques. Also, just so you know, the, real quick, just so you know, let me explain to the viewers real quick. There's a, it's called the, there's a Miami trifecta, that if you are a fan of the three Miami teams, you lose three IQ points automatically, and Corey <laughs> falls into that because he has the worst ones, starting with the Miami Hurricanes, and then one B the Miami Heat. <laughs> so there, it's like one A, it's one A, one B, and then you got the Dolphins at you know at three or two, where you want to put them. But 1A and 1B is the Heat and the Hurricanes. <laughs> you automatically lose IQ points when you're a fan of one of those two teams, and I firmly believe it. Reek, I know you always got the inside info on the Jets. Is Le'Veon really trying to get out of there? Not from what I've read. He's happy making his money. That's why I think he's not complaining because he got paid. We've always said it, man. If you're rich and famous, there is no better place to be than New York. Yeah, dude, he just dropped he dropped another single on Apple Music. New York's giving him the platform to raise his brand. He's happy, dude. Yeah, rich and famous New York. New York is a is a is a wonderful spot. So, do you are you disappointed in Darnold as a Jet fan? And uh, it, and in fact, hold press pause on that. Gets, I'm going to ask you first. As an outsider, 
and you have watched some Jets. You know, we kind of watch each other's teams so they know what's going on with, with our other favorite teams there. Your yep. thoughts on Darnold? Is he a disappointment? Is he Has he living up to that third overall pick? And do you think the Jets have a chance of taking the division this year? Let me give my thoughts on Corey first. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Corey's a hater. Always has been. Always. Always. His funniest moment before this phone call was he said, Joel, you know why they call Matt Ryan Matty Ice? Because that dude never heats up. <laughs> He's a hater. I remember that. More, that was hilarious, though. That was hilarious. That was one of his best jokes. More Shout out to my boy back. Corey. Shout out to I, my I boy Corey. Corey. That was one of his best jokes. I want to personally thank Corey for the call in. He's a friend of the program, friend of ours. I love the kid, no matter what. He's annoying as shit sometimes, but, you know, <laughs> our guys. Um, but he's a hater. I like Darnold, personally. I, I like Darnold a lot. Um, when we were working together, right before the Jets drafted Darnold, um, me and Enrique used to talk, like, every day. And I'd be like, all right, who do you want? Who do you want? And he's like, I just hope the fucking Browns or the Giants don't take Darnold. We were talking about that for months, months. Should they try and trade up? Are, are the Giants going to let him slip? Are the Browns going to take him? And then the Browns made the all-time blunder. Baker Mayfield, garbage. Darnold is good. His arm is uh, Pro Bowl-level quality. Um, he's, he's, I hate to use this H term, but he's definitely a gunslinger. Bounce back from lot, mono. He takes a lot of risks. And um, I know you were just giving some kind of diatribe about how Jameis could be better, you know, eliminating the risk. Well, like Enrique just said, the Jets' offensive line will get better. He'll have more time in the pocket. He'll have more experience to read defenses. And uh, he'll have better receivers. And he's going to get a lot better, I think. And next year when he has Josh McDaniels as his head coach instead of Adam Gase, he'll even be even better. Enrique, you got anything yeah. for Corey? <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for calling in, Corey. Appreciate appreciate the love. I know he's uh, one of our first few listeners here. So got to get, get Corey on for a segment. Definitely. Yeah, we got to get Corey we'll bring, on for a segment. We'll Corey I'll try not to laugh. We'll ask him about the Dolphins draft picks, and I'll try not to laugh. That's we'll have to get an Ask a Fan segment or something. Yeah, but shouts yeah. to Corey for for the message. First one on there. You're in Crackback's history. This is a going to go down in, in the... That's right. That's right. Corey, number one caller. Number one caller. Number one caller, baby. For, for, for Corey. To finish up the football segment here, we got a little bit of basketball to talk about after, but uh, just to, to put a period on the sentence here with the draft. Worst move, the move that your team made on draft day, one that looked like it was going to line up for something to happen, and then they hit you with a curveball that's had you upset for years to come. I got mine, but I'll go last. Go ahead. Who wants to go first? I guess. I got to say something um, a little bit off topic just because, you know, the whole Corey thing reminded me um, our first time on video last week. So sent it out to a lot of family and friends and, you know, got a lot of really good feedback. And um, someone whose opinion I hold very dearly told me, you're cursing too much, too much profanity, you know, just talk and, and talk and be relaxed and, and just talk about the shit because you know your shit as I'm cursing now. But uh, yeah, I love you so much. How you're not supposed to curse, and then you hit three yeah. shits in the same sentence. But uh, I just want to. I just want to again. I know we did it the second week, but again, I just want to thank all the family and friends for the support, for showing their love, and we got the love for everybody out there. And this is why we're doing this. And um, I just want to thank that person again because I I hold his opinion very highly, and I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try not to curse. I don't know how successful I'll be, but I'll make an effort. 
you can follow along and see how successful Guess is going to be with his uh, his pledge to curse a little bit less. Follow, uh, you can hit Crackbacks nine five four. Follow the YouTube channel, the Instagram and uh, Twitter page is going to be more active in the in the coming days here. Uh, we go on subscribe to it, hit that like button at the bottom of the screen. Uh, you know, this this a it's a labor of love here. We're not making any money or anything off this here. We just like to like to talk sports. Three guys that have always talked a lot of sports. We got a lot of friends that enjoy it as well. So I just want to uh, expand the conversation to as many people as possible. So it, you uh you took my question, went completely to the left. So let's steer yeah. it back onto the road here. What's your word? Uh, what's your, your, the draft pick that pissed you off the most years later? All right. So nightmare draft picks, uh, traumatizing moments. As a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I've had many. And um, people don't understand, man. The Eagles, they, they, they won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. We were good through all the McNabb years. There were very many lean, lean years where I had nothing to look forward to but the draft. Are we going to get a quarterback? Who are we going to get? This and, that. and this is, you know, there was the good years with Randall Cunningham and Reggie White back in that era. Then there was like a 10, 15-year drought until McNabb came around. And I want to thank Andy Reid for that. But uh, we had champion. some hard Super Bowl champion, Andy Reid. That's right. Super Bowl champion. Shout out to Big Red. Want to get you on the program someday. Yes, uh, sir. <laughs> well, I will make you personally make you meatloaf if you come on the show, Andy Reid. Yo, on a side note, what's up with the Stroganoff, dog? Yeah, that's a different show. Tell me your draft pick. Damn it. All right. So – when the Reggie White era was kind of winding down, Buddy Ryan had already left. The Eagles' defense was starting to diminish from the best defense in the league down to not so good. We, uh, we had like a 13th, 14th pick in the draft, and we actually traded up with Tampa Bay. They were at seven, I believe. So we traded them that first-round pick that year and the first-round pick the following year which turned out to be Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks. And we traded up to get Mike Mamula. Joel knows very well who Mamula is. Those of you who don't, look it up. Dude sucked. The, uh, the coach was impressed by his, his combine bullshit. You know, all the underwear Olympics and the dude running around, broad jump, benching, running a 40 time. And then famously the coach said, He's a killer. I can see it in his eyes. I just, I just know. When I look in his eyes, I know. Yeah, you didn't know, motherfucker. Those so, are famous uh, words of Ray Rhodes. Yes, Ray Rhodes. He didn't last in any head job anywhere. Below the screen there, there'll be a link to Mike Mamula's Wikipedia page. You could read up on Mike Mamula. Yeah, go uh, ahead and check career stats versus Warren Sapp, who we could have just stayed where we were and took Warren Sapp. But no, we gotta, we're going to move up to take Mike Mamula. So there's one. Uh, there was another one when the Eagles were rocking with Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb, and uh, it was kind of like the window was closing. It was getting late in the era. We needed a receiver or a corner, maybe an outside linebacker. And uh, I think it was like 22, 23. We took a fireman. The guy was working as a professional firefighter, Danny Watkins. I don't even know what school he went to at this point. I don't remember. But he was fucking garbage. He had to have ankle surgery before he played a game. And he was terrible. He was a professional firefighter when we drafted him. And all the dudes on draft night were like, oh, nobody knows who this guy is, but he's got so much heart. He's a firefighter. He goes in and risks his lives. I don't care. Just protect the quarterback. 
Um, first off, shouts to all the firemen out there. You are the uh, the true heroes. Yeah, all the, uh, all the uh, first responders. I appreciate you. But Danny let me bring Danny Watkins. Danny Watkins. I do remember that day. Danny Watkins had a couple of strikes against him. You were there that day. You bring it up as many times as you can. You he was old. He was old to begin with. So when I mean old, he was old for football. He was like 26 years old getting drafted. He went to Baylor, by the way. You couldn't remember that. But he went to Baylor. Oh, thank you. I, I don't fact check it myself. No, he was terrible. He was absolutely. Let, he was absolute garbage. Let me bring you to my all-time worst Eagles draft moment because I was there. I was at the draft. So uh, again, this was after the Reggie White era. The, de- the defense was kind of winding down. We needed a middle linebacker bad. That was our number one team need, middle linebacker. So I'm at the draft with a couple of my boys, with this one dude who's like the biggest Eagles fan I've ever met. Shout out to John Fursick, a.k.a. the Eagle. Friend of the program. EDT, homie. <laughs> so we're in the stands at the draft, at the actual draft in Madison Square Garden, and the Eagles pick is coming. And there's a couple teams in front of us that need a middle linebacker. And Ray Lewis was on the board. I don't need to remind people who Ray Lewis is, who Ray Lewis was, what Ray Lewis did in the league besides stabbing people. That would have been a killer pick. And a monster, all-time, all-pro, one of the best middle linebackers ever. So Ray Lewis is on the board. I'm at the draft watching this go down. Two teams pass on him right in front of us. Eagles pick comes up. I jump up out of my seat, start screaming, we're getting Ray Lewis. We're getting Ray Lewis. I'm hugging this dude next to me. We're getting Ray Lewis. Uh, Taglia Boo walks up to the, to the stage, goes to the podium, says, Eagles select left guard from Texas A&I Kingsbury, Jermaine Mayberry. If there's anybody out there that's not an Eagles fan that knows who Jermaine Mayberry is, call in right now. He has a food truck in Sacramento. How do you know this? They do like fusion barbecue tacos, like uh, like soul food tacos. Jermaine Mayberry? Jermaine Mayberry, yeah. They've, and also, he, he makes his own let's soda. Let's add in another fun fact. He they drafted him to the left tackle, and he was blind in his left eye. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's the full definition of keep your head on a swivel. You have to yeah. keep it up. You cannot make this up. He had, he had, he had, draft he had to keep going. <laughs> You have to keep going. Yeah, Jermaine Mayberry makes his own soda. It's absolutely delicious. He, you know, some strange food like lychee. He likes flavors like that. Uh, I love it. Drink. Yeah, uh, pa- passion fruit elderberry. That's another one that that's a big seller. Yeah, lychee martinis are delicious, actually. Yeah, yeah. I like lychee. You know, some I'm not a huge martini guy. I like vodka, but I like it with tonic in it. All right, let me hear, let me hear some draft blunders. From uh, Reek, who's a, who's All right. a, who's well, a draft London? I'm going to go with just a more recent one because I guess that's more the Jets history I'm aware of. Um, and, you know, back like 06, I would say, when we drafted Nick Mangle, that had like a – there was like a stretch of like three or four home run drafts that the Jets had. That was really orchestrated by Mangini, right? And Rex Mangini. Ryan took over that. Rex Ryan took over that. And in 09, traded up to the number six to pick Mark Sanchez. When Pete Carroll said on live TV that he's not ready for the NFL. Yes. So his college coach is saying he's not ready. And Rex says, yeah, I want to trade up for that guy. 
that changed everything because you see how bad Mark Sanchez is and what he was able to do for those two years. Could you imagine what a starting level quarterback could have done with that team if they went to the two AFC championship games with Mark Sanchez? Braylon Edwards played his heart out for Mark Sanchez. Mark yeah. Sanchez, Philadelphia Eagle. Yeah. Former Philadelphia. He bounced around a little bit too. Yeah, at, yeah at the, the Cowboys for a bit. Work. Yeah, oh, yeah. Denver for a minute. Reek, do you remember who the other quarterbacks available at that point were? We can look that up right now. Yeah, let's look that up because I, I, I kind of erased that draft from my mind. Like, I don't think about it too much. There's got to be at least six. one. He's picked six. Oh nine draft, pick six. I still remember they had the Sanchez. He was up in, like, the suite, and uh, they had him on the phone, and the Jets were telling him that they were trading up to take him. And he started, like, dancing and pumping his fists. And I'm just thinking, this dude sucks. <laughs> Terrible, dude. Terrible. They could have A.C. Slater play him in the Mark Sanchez, uh, Mark Sanchez story. It would be uh, yeah, uh, on TNT. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Right. So when, when they, the Jets came up, they picked fifth. Now, Stafford is a, this is a oh, fifth, quarterback man. draft. Matt Stafford was first. Matt Stafford sucks. Matt Stafford's still a starting level quarterback. He's better, way better than Mark Sanchez. No, granted, he is better way better. Sanchez. The next quarterback that was on it was Josh Freeman at pick Ooh, number bro. 17. Dude. Josh Freeman. Yeah, current, currently uh, Josh Freeman. He's not even in the league, right? No, he works. For, he's an Amazon driver. He's. <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> He works out of the out of the Brickle office. They have four four hour prime delivery down in. They do, they do. That's sick. In his, but that's his area. He's a four hour prime delivery guy, Josh Freeman. That's a rough draft. That's a and, fucking and rough that's draft. The, those are the, those are the only two quarterbacks that went in the first round. The next quarterback taken, he went to sleep on the field. You guys know who that is. Sleep. He played for the Dolphins. He was asleep on the side. He went. He, he got put to sleep. Oh, oh. Pat White. Pat, Pat White. White. <laughs> Whoa! Pat White could have been a New York Jet. This is the worst quarterback draft ever, yo. Yeah, it's legit. The worst quarterback draft this ever. This is the shittiest quarterback draft I've ever seen, yo. The, the next one on it was the Stephen McGee in the fourth round. Went to the Cowboys. Next A and M. Texas A&M probably would have been better in New York than Mark Sanchez. That's the worst. That's the worst quarterback draft ever. No wonder they traded up though. Uh, Stafford's the only guy that's still in there. He went first mm-hmm. overall, and Stafford actually sucks. <laughs> I still I think agree. on those two Jets teams, he went that much better. I agree. I think Matt Stafford is way overrated. I had yeah. Calvin Johnson years. Yeah, Stafford's garbage. Just fling the ball in the general direction of of, uh, of of Matt Stafford. Oh, another friend of the program. We just saw Pat yes. May. Yeah, we need Pat, Pat May. May Frenchie. What's up, homie? Pop up on there. You, you you can hit hit up uh, Pat May on the gram as well at Pat May the Frenchie. You can also find uh, Pat May through at Ricky Leaky. I've said it twice this time. Ricky Leaky hasn't said it at all, which is rare. He uses it. <laughs> 30 or 40 yeah. times. But uh, I was saving my ammunition. I was saving it. <laughs> you can hit me up at Ricky Leaky. Yeah, hit me up. So, yeah, all right. So, it's down to me, actually. So, the, the worst, my worst draft pick, draft day, memory, whichever. Wait, 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 that's it? Only one for the Jets? Well, I did I did ask for one. I asked for the, I asked for the most hurtful because, I mean, the, the, Falcon, the Falcons have – There's a Andre, lot. There's a lot. I'd be here forever talking about it. The Falcons have the Andre Bruce pick. That's not the one that I'm talking about right now, which at one point was the worst pick ever. 
but no, that's not even the one that hurts the most. It was 2004 or five. I didn't even look up the year. I don't want to look back. It hurts too much to look at it. We needed a safety. And we were picking at 16 at a man who was just inducted into the Hall of Fame. Miami's own Ed Reed was available on the board. To make it even worse, the Falcons had just signed Warwick Dunn, and we had Michael Vick in the backfield already. The run game was on lock. We didn't need anything else for the run game. I'm sitting there. I'm stomping around the room, punching the air. I got a Vic jersey on. And it wasn't, it wasn't Goodell yet. It was still, it was still Tagliabue comes up and was like the, the Atlanta Falcons select running back from Michigan State, TJ Duckett. Yes. Now, although the DVD <laughs> backfield it. was birthed that day, uh, and we did go to an <laughs> NFC championship game, if Ed Reed's patrolling the back line, the backside of the defense, you know, maybe we pick off McNabb and actually get to the Super Bowl. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It. Easy. Vic was scared. Dawkins had broken his ribs the year before in a playoff game. Vic came to that NFC championship game, scared as shit. He also didn't watch any film. He was scared of Dawkins, admit it. And he was too busy killing dogs. <laughs> Ed, Ed Reed wouldn't have mattered, son. We were a team of destiny. Ed Reed would have helped, though. He would have helped way more than T.J. Duckett did. Ed Reed, uh, Lewis you, know, speak, you know, speaking of Vic real quick, did you guys like that documentary on ESPN about the 30 for 30? It was solid. I, I, I thought it was very good. They had a whole kind of redemption thing for him, minute. they showed him that, and he actually admitted to it. One of the things that uh, the, uh, about Vic that actually it's a, bit, a little impressive. He's not. He's actually he's done everything they've asked him to do to fix his. To fix, he talks to kids. Yeah, he goes to humane societies. He's done everything that they've asked him to do, which is the only thing you can do. The guy screwed up, and he he's trying to make it a little better. There's there's a there's a complete opposite direction you can go. Where a lot of people just say, you know, you can, you know, kiss off whatever, uh, and I'm just going to do whatever I'm going to do. But the guy actually seems to have turned around his thing. That's at least commendable in the very least. And if the Jets had had him instead of Mark Sanchez, they probably would have beat the Colts and gone to the Super Bowl that year. We got to face some Bills crackback. Be back in just a minute. Crackbacks is brought to you by Soka Sauce, gourmet Trinidadian hot sauce. You have sauces in your fridge right now with heat, but nothing else, no spirit. Soka Sauce to the rescue, heat of the Scotch bonnets and special Trini flavors. Bring the spirit of the islands to any dish. Soka Sauce, get that Trini flavor. For Big news coming out for basketball now. You know, we, we have been a while now that kids had to go to school for at least one year. You have to be out of the high school game for one year before you can go to the NBA. Uh, everyone used to go to college route. And we had a kid, uh, uh, Tyler Johnson, who played for the Knicks, was a center that played in Japan for a year. Some people like LaMelo Ball have gone to Lithuania or Australia. But the first time now we've got a player that's going to be staying right here on U.S. soil and playing in a developmental portion of the G League for $5,000. Yeah. $500,000. $500,000. You're right. Yeah. Did I say $5,000? Yeah, it's very cheap. Yeah. No, the, <laughs> the worst agent ever. I'm taking money out of this kid's pocket. Uh, so it's yeah, $500,000. So half a million dollars. To play a uh, a season in the developmental league, uh, the kid's name is is uh, is Green, is Caleb Green, Jalen Green, and 
it's changing up the game now. So he's not going to be on an actual team just so they like to kind of set the stage. So the G League is pretty much a minor league for the NBA now. It's kind of like how baseball is. They can pull people up or send them down to the minors that need to work on an injury or, you know, just get better or whichever. So each team kind of they has. Need- yeah, 100%. Uh, so they have a G League team that's kind of attached to the the, the parent NBA team, like the Westchester Knicks. There's a, like a San Jose Lakers, uh, things of that sort. He's not going to be attached to any one of those. He's going to be on a developmental team. Um, so he'll be going through almost like college uni- you know, uh, basketball university. He'll be doing drills and special training, and it'll play exhibition games against international opponents and select teams from the uh, G League themselves. So he's pretty much just going to a basketball skills camp with some uh, exhibition games in between for a year for half a million dollars, and then he'll be the first pick in the draft after never having to go to uh, statistics class or English. Thoughts? Is the NCAA done? Is the is NCAA basketball dead as we know it? I guess. Uh, let me just say this as far as the, the format of what he's going to, and I only was aware of this today, and I read one article that said basically he's not going to be on a competitive team. Like you said, he's just doing drills and, and getting coaching and working on his development. As an athlete, you don't develop that way. That's not how sports works. That's why, you know, going from high school and then going to college and then going to pros, you need that, that seasoning of playing competitive games, going into pressure situations, going late in the season and having your team rely on you. That's one thing that LeBron never had. Jumped right from high school into the pros, and they said, oh, you're the chosen one. And he didn't have the time to, to go to college and get really good coaching from a Coach K or, you know, Dean Smith or, you know, these guys have been doing it for years and know how to take an 18-year-old kid and turn him into a 22-year-old all-star. So, I mean, yeah, it's great that the kid's making money. I, I don't doubt for a second that, kids that get recruited and actually go to college are actually making money and getting money on the side and getting he might cars. Be a pay cut. Yeah. He might be taking yeah. a pay cut to do this, to do this route. Yeah, absolutely. Greek. Yeah. Uh, I mean, overall the NCAA for a while is kind of, cause it's kind of already started, you know, with the guys last year with, you got what RJ Hampton and LaMelo ball, they're playing in Australia. Yeah. Even a few so, years ago, Brandon Jennings went and played in China. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of it's been trending towards that, but uh, you know, this could be kind of the nail on the coffin, which I hope it is because I think, I mean, it's 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 so flagrant what the NCAA does. They try to call them student athletes when they're really amateurs. They're really amateurs. They're amateur athletes. That's really what they are, and Wait, they make too much money off them. All around anymore? What's that? You said it's the nail in the coffin, which you hope it is. So you're saying you don't want college basketball around anymore? No, I don't want the NCAA around anymore. I love so college basketball. What I, what I think Reek's trying to say is that it's going it's to force the NCAA's hand at this point. So uh, I, I agree with you on one part that the competitive games, you know, having to play when maybe you don't feel as great, you know, your ankle's tweaked a little, something like that. You're not going to practice and go through drills if you have an ankle strain, but you may play in the game. It teaches you how to get through things like that. So I agree with you on that, that he's going to miss something out with, with the competitive. But I also think that this is purely the first – he's the guinea pig. So there's only one of him right now. In five years, if there's 20 of them, that's almost enough for two teams. You pull some select guys that are already in the G League, 
You got a couple of teams. You're, they're going to turn this into a second minor league. It's going to be like the G League minors where you got to go there and then you either go into the NBA or the minors after. But the fact that the kid's making a, a legit half a million dollars instead of having to you know, reach for envelopes under his pillow when he gets back after a game is going to be a game changer. And the fact that he doesn't have to fake like Derrick Rose faked going to class that he can actually – I'm going to play basketball. I'm not going to learn – uh, about the Civil War or whatever, is going to be real, well, real uh, alluring to a lot of kids. Th- but there's also two different, there's two different statements, right? There's skipping college in general, or skipping college just like for G League, or skipping college for the overseas, right? Because I think it'll ha- if Lamelo comes in, gets number one overall pick, rookie of the year next year. Oh, it's happening already. It doesn't need to take five years. It's going to start happening the very yeah, next year. But, 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 Rick, you're thinking of somebody who's traveled and been out of the country and all that. You got a, a kid from Pahokee, and you tell him, you know, are, you know, you're going to go to Sydney, Australia, or you're going to go to, you know, Fort Wayne, Indiana. He's going to be way more comfortable in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And if the money's not much different, he's going to stay here in the U.S. So that, I, I, get, I 100% get what you're saying. They got that option of going uh, overseas there already. But a lot of those people are just scared to take a leap to go anywhere else other than America. So this is another viable option for them. Uh, the, and the not having to fake, a lot of the, we all know, none of these kids go to school. So, you know, not having to fake. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Uh, isn't it like in a year or two they're going to go back to like the Kobe and Kevin Garnett model where they can just jump right to the league? They've been trying been to turn that. It. They've been talking about it for a while. Uh, they're getting pushback, obviously, a lot of pushback from the NCAA because uh, the tournaments, they're cash cow. And if they don't have any of the star players coming through. But the other thing with that is too, it, it regulates itself because there's really only – we can count how many guys jump from high school to the NBA and were legit uh, – and how many guys have gone high school to the NBA and were complete garbage? Kwame Browns, your Darius Browns. Of this kid that's going to the G League, he he could do it. He yeah, look at someone, yeah, no, someone no, like J.R. Smith is a perfect example. If he actually would have went to North Carolina and had some Hall of Fame coaching before he got to the league, I think he would have been a much better player. Absolutely. J.R. Sure. Smith is, a, is an all-star NBA player if he goes to college first. He, that's a supreme athlete that never learned how to play basketball. Are you saying – not an all-star? Not in his own mind, J.R. <laughs> He's if, MVP, bro. Yeah, he won In J.R. Smith's mind, he's Jordan. Oh, yeah. If he decides to lace him up for the Shanghai Sharks, he would be an all-star in the uh, in the Chinese he, league, too. He was pissed when LeBron won MVP of the finals, man. He thought it should have been him in 2016. When he, had those, when he sunk those three-pointers, he thought that changed the series. JR was a fun player to watch, man. He was fun to watch. He was fun on the Knicks. On the Knicks, that when he was rookie, when he was sixth man of the year, Even when, when he actually took his game serious. That's the only year he ever took serious in the NBA was that year. He came in with Yo, a two-pocket. I always used to say the most exciting moment in the NBA is when J.R. Smith used to go into the crossover. When he used to He's push nice. everybody away and be like, you know, give me the ISO, leave me alone. Start dancing. Start crossing people over. J.R. Smith was nasty. <laughs> yeah. Jarrett Smith, yeah. all right. but he, you're right. He never absolutely, absolutely never learned how to play basketball. He actually would be a better basketball player if he even went through this developmental league that uh, the Green's going to be going through. It's going to look completely different in two years. A couple of things are going to change. Either the NCAA is going to bend to their will and they're going to do the Ed O'Bannon thing and start paying all the players kind of out in the open. Uh, that, Please, Jesus, if you hear me. I need the NCAA football game back. The basketball game was dope, too. Uh, yeah, hell yeah. 
So they're either going to force the NCAA's hand or it's going to – this league's going to expand itself where it's actually going to be like another league where it's a, like a JV NBA type deal. Because half a million dollars, if you're a poor kid, again, I don't, not to pick on Pahokee, but it's stuck in my head right now. If you're a poor kid from Pahokee and you can play ball, either I'm saying they may give you that money underneath the table, but you go play ball in Fort Wayne, Indiana, half a million dollars is a lot of money for someone who didn't have anything. Well, you know, it's you can look at baseball because, I mean, hockey and baseball have minor leagues, but baseball has kind of developed into this thing where, like, the kids will commit to go to a college and then, like, the teams will draft them or not draft them or slide them back based on what type of signing bonus they're going to get. So like, get I don't know if you try guys it out. Hey, remember uh, J.D. Drew? Yeah, the kid was, yeah, it was a third baseman and a quarterback, right? Well, he was like the, the the number one prospect in baseball. I think he went to Florida State for like a minute, and then um, a bunch of teams like decided not to draft him because he wanted like a ten million dollars signing bonus or some yeah, shit. You like said that. JD Drew. I thought Drew Henson. That's what I was. That's what the quote. No, JD Drew. Drew Henson was nasty too. Tom Brady beat out Drew Henson at Michigan. Fun fact for y'all. Wow. But I don't like the way it is in baseball, where like the draft comes around and they're like, oh, you know, I don't. We were, we're concerned about his signability. So, like, if the NBA turns into that where, like, you know, they're drafting people based on whether they think they might be able to sign them or if they're might going to go to college, like, I don't like that at all. Well, I don't think it would be – that would come up in the NBA just because it's the, the number of players. There's, there's less players involved. So yeah. They're, the, the cap, and the cap and the cap makes it that you're, you know what type of contract you're going to get by the, the length of service that you're in there. Well, there's no hard cap, right? It's like a luxury tax in the NBA. No, well, well there, is a, there is a hard ceiling. You can go – there's a soft cap, and then there's a hard ceiling. You can't exceed the hard ceiling. You get taxed to all bloody hell in between the ceiling and the, the soft cap and the ceiling. Oh, you yeah? You can't go above a certain number. But that's what keeps that part where you're worried about it being able to be able to sign somebody or not. That's not going to happen because you kind of already know what your contract is coming in. Right. But you, the the amount of money NCAA is going to lose that what you just said there sounds like a viable option where they do have the chance of still going in the draft. You know, you got picked by the Clippers at number eight. You're not going <laughs> to make the squad. All right, so I'm going to go play at you know Dayton for two years and then come back and try it again. That sounds like something that's, that's viable. I personally, um, I love the NCAA tournament. March Madness is like one of my favorite parts of the whole year. Me that we got denied of to this year. But um, so I would like for all the star players to actually go to college and stay in college for a couple of years. I know it sucks that they're not getting paid and they're bringing in a ton of revenue. Just fucking pay the kids, man. They're making a ton of money, millions. And, and the old argument is always like, oh, well, those, you know, basketball and football fund all the other sports. So you'd be taking money away from them. Oh, well, sell some yeah. tickets. Exactly. Do a raffle. And, or give them, put it right into their into their scholarship contract, right? So your jersey sales, you get X amount from that. Uh, yeah, you, you it's exactly. From, yeah, it's going to have to be something that's negotiated. It's not just a a, a blanket number because you're going to have the, uh, every once in a while someone in a in an off sport somewhere that's going to be bringing revenue into the school, and then he can go back and negotiate, or she can go back and negotiate how much money you know is going to be coming back. So, for instance, when Phelps was Michael Phelps was in college, people actually watched swimming. So that's where yeah. there's this revenue coming in for that. Uh, you know, there's uh, some of the soccer games now are catching some, you know, are catching some traction. People are watching that. 
Maybe you get some money in there. You probably get some local TV money from across and upstate New York and, and stuff like that. So you, you can kind of negotiate how much you're going to make. Uh, so I, that's a viable option. The one they've seen there, how they have a chance to actually kind of go in the draft, they don't make it and come back. And there's always the, uh, the old school story for those of you who never saw the, uh, the 30 for 30. Uh, Chris Weber was in the Fab Five and was pretty much the the most popular basketball player in the country. And uh, he said one night he was scrounged up money to get something to eat, said he was hungry, the dining hall was closed. And um, he's like literally digging change out of the couch to go to McDonald's to buy something off the dollar menu. And he says as he's going to McDonald's, he walks by a footlocker that has his jersey, the Chris Weber number four, in the window of the footlocker, he went in. They were selling them for $75 a crack. He didn't get a cent. Didn't get nothing. Not a didn't dime. Didn't get a cent. They had them fly in. They did a European tour before the NCAA season started that year, uh, the Michigan Wolverines. So they had those kids playing basketball in, in uh, Rome. They played in Greece, which is a nice experience for them. Don't get me wrong. <clears throat> but the university made a shit ton of money off of that, and those kids didn't see any of it. Yeah, so they all up. left early. Okay, okay. Can I ask you this, though? Is the Fab Five, like, the most talked about basketball team that never won anything? I don't care if people talk about them so much. They never really won anything. Uh, they, they were solution, though. It was, it was more than just them winning, which, yeah. I mean, they did do. Their freshman and sophomore years, they went to the final both years. Yeah. Um, There's also was, teams that come short, too. They're not the only ones. Why are they so – You got to understand, though, it was more like a cultural revolution. Yeah, like the long short. Back, they were the first one with the long back, shorts. Look back at all the NBA teams that had those – tight ass short short shorts and then the fab five came around and everybody's wearing like the long shorts like we know like today and the black socks nobody wore black okay, socks I, I guess I'm just, a, I'm just a Jalen hater so I never want to respect the fab five for yeah, like, that's really what it comes down to Jaylen, I, I, loved, I loved Weber as a player like he was I like Weber I just don't like Jalen I like Weber though yeah I didn't like Jalen Rose either I don't like Jalen Rose now but I loved Chris Weber Chris Weber was a monster I like Jalen Rose more than I like Juwan Howard <laughs> hey, but he's actually making some moves out there. You no, know, but yeah. he was the wackest yeah, member. The other two, um, I forget what their names are. Yeah, uh, Ray, uh, it like was Jimmy, Jimmy King and Ray Jackson. <laughs> yeah, those two. Jimmy King and Ray Jackson both had cups of coffee King in the Jackson. NBA. Uh, Ray Jackson actually stuck with the with the Timberwolves for a minute. Uh, I don't think that King ever made a roster. He wasn't on no, I don't think he ever made a roster. I mean, I, I'll have to look that up. I'll fact check myself, but I don't think he ever made I, a roster. Yeah, I think they said that on. I think they would have said that on a documentary at the Thirty for Thirty. He would have made a roster. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember him making a roster. Jalen, uh, in college, you would have liked Jalen, or at least respected him a touch more than you do now. Had you seen him play at Michigan, because he really was a dominant college basketball player. He does. He's a, he's a man without a a position. At least when he played, he'd be more suited for kind of the positionless NBA game of today than he, he would have like, been when he played. College. But he, he's not really a point guard. They guard, combo guard. He could shoot a little bit. He was good. Him, they had him playing point. He really should have been playing a 2-3. He's almost like a like what RJ should be playing right now, like a, like a, a swing 2-3. Uh, but they had let's, a, not, let's not forget Kobe dropped 80 on him. Oh, <laughs> Kobe did drop eighty on. Kobe did drop eighty on. Oh, I, I think he said. Wait, I think he actually said on TV 
Like, in my defense, he only scored, like, 19 on me or something. But then somebody looked it up, and it was, like, on 8 of 8 shooting or something like that. <laughs> like, he, I think it was 19, but he got buckets on him every time. There's a commercial. <laughs> I'm not – don't don't quote me on those stats, but it's somewhere around there. ESPN has a commercial way back in the day. It was right after the 80-point game where Kobe's having dinner, and uh, Jalen walks up to him, and all Kobe's looks up, and he goes, I'll have – to the waiter, he goes, I'll have – a martini with 80 olives in it. <laughs> just stares at Jalen. <laughs> Jalen turns all red and all that. It's fantastic. There's been ESPN used to make commercials back in the day. But yeah, the, but in the NCAA is dead. So all these stories that we're talking about here about the, the Fab Five and all that, maybe we may get a team that sticks around two or three years because they are making enough money to sustain themselves and all the people around them. And don't jump to the NBA because they actually do want to make you win a an NCAA championship. It was fun when we were kids. We'd see Patrick Ewing playing as a senior. I think the last guy that stayed all the way till senior year was what Tim Duncan. That was you know Tim Duncan, yeah, that's twenty years ago. Uh, even Allen Iverson stayed two years instead of just the one. So it was nice you could kind of you know see a guy grow a little bit in college. Yeah, it was back then because like going into the tournament, you knew who the teams were. You've been watching them for two or three years, and it was good to see. Okay, sophomore year, junior year, you know, next year they're going to get it. Like nowadays, by the time it gets to the tournament, you're just learning who the freshmen are, and then maybe somebody goes off in the tournament, and you you end up rooting for that guy. It was just so much better when it when the dude stayed. Yeah, you were really just rooting for a uniform at, uh, this time around. You didn't kind of pick your team, and that's who you kind of stick with. There'd be guys back in the day that you kind of latch on to. Like, I don't like Michigan State whatsoever, but Sean Respert was real fun to watch. I don't like Purdue whatsoever. We got three years of Glenn Big Dog Robinson dominating up there that guy was real fun you to watch. Love the big dog i do love how, the big dog how about the unlv teams man UNLV i mean teams. larry johnson stayed to his junior year and it, you will never see that again unless they pay them enough to have them stay uh in college but no, we'll never get to a duke team i was waiting for it but i know it never happened absolutely not absolutely <laughs> plus we're, we're also talking about people that uh, you know that would be pro prospects uh, and, and other than, than recently, there was Are a long here? stretch of time in between where you, you were rolling out John Shires uh, and uh, what Skeletor's hey, name? John Shires, a champion, by the way. What's the Skele Skeletor that played on the Pistons? Um, oh yeah, um, white guy. Kyle Kyle Singler. Kyle Singler. Yes, that's what you were. That's what you were rolling out for a while. For for a while, the MVP. Hey, but he's still in the league, man. Joel Barry can't even find a spot in the league, and Kyle Singler's still five, in the league. He's five foot eight, man. Joel uh, Joel Barry's too small. He's the one that helps make so sodas on a weekend. Isn't Cam isn't he's Cameron Payne like five six? Isaiah Thomas like five six? What's up? There's five six players. No, nah, that that guy that we should speak champions. He just he's five foot six. Oh, the people with height. Speaking of height, we were talking about Kobe a second ago. Iverson was mentioned earlier. Iverson had a quote. Uh, I thought about guess when I saw it, and it said uh, Kobe Bryant goes, uh, "Everyone in the NBA, you should thank God that Allen Iverson's not six foot six. Hell yeah, that's what I always said. So, uh, that he would have been without a doubt. He would he would have pushed Jordan for the best two guard ever had he been six foot six. Uh, I was beast. Five ten, five eleven, dunking on centers. Fantastic, yo, and a an all all county and all city football player at quarterback and corner uh, in in Maryland. If he if he had decided to play football instead of basketball, he would have made the NFL as well. And you know he was uh, right in. He lived uh, right right around all those Virginia Tech guys. Oh yeah, and he's he's played Vic, with Vic the Vicks. Yeah, 
Allen Iverson as a quarterback. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we're going to end on that. we got the draft coming up next week here where we're going to be live casting during the draft. We're going to do a little pregame before that there. We might do a show in between because we're quarantined and we ain't got nothing else to do. So shout-outs again to Mike Flug for the theme music. You said he's uh, Lori Boss. You got some contact information for Flug? Yeah, we're going to drop in uh, Mike Flug's email, his website, get at him. You need some music done, whatever you're doing, he can do it for you. Reek, any parting words? Hit me up on Twitter, at Ricky Leaky. What's up? We finally got one out for the week. That's Crackback. I'll let you next week. That's the new theme song. <laughs> <laughs>